I'd like to dedicate this episode in memory of Serena Wilson. For those of you new to dance, or who may not have heard of her, Serena was a famous New York belly dancer who is often credited with popularizing the art form in the United States. She opened her studio in the mid-1960s, and her philosophy was more about entertaining than trying to recreate traditional Turkish or Middle Eastern dancing, which is why she did not object to the term belly dance, and she sought to adapt the dance movements and costumes to suit American audiences. She was adamant about belly dancing not being labeled or thought of as stripping, and she never allowed her troupe to perform at bachelor parties or bar mitzvahs, a tradition that many troops in the States still honor and follow to this day. Our condolences go out to the family and the members of Serena Studios. Welcome to episode 40 of ShimmyCast. I'm your host, Anal Rabari. This week we have a roundtable discussion um, from members of my troupe who uh, went with me and experienced an American tribal style workshop for the very first time. I'll be sharing the first part of this discussion with you during this episode and the rest over the next couple of episodes of the podcast. Um, we had a really long, eventful discussion, which you'll eventually hear all of. <laughs> um, to keep this episode from being really long because of that, we aren't going to be having a review for this week. Sorry. Uh, but we still have event announcements, which there are some exciting things coming up, and answers to the question of the week. The music for this week is by Joshua Drenol and Solis. So let's get started. Okay, so again, there were a lot of answers to questions, so I'm not going to be using all of them in this show, but I will get around to using all of them at some point. And since this is the end of the month as I'm recording this, I'm going to extend the answer contest until I record the next show on July 13th. So you guys will have enough time to answer the question that's in this episode, and it will still count for the contest. How did you get into belly dance? Kahara Mia from Pennsylvania commented, At first, I was looking for a fun and good way to get some exercise. I get bored of working out for the sake of working out. I saw the Vina and Nino DVDs in the store and decided to give them a try. I was hooked. Something that started out as exercise for me morphed into a new passion for dance. After wearing out my DVDs, I decided that I wanted to get more involved. I started a belly dance class and subscribed to ShimmyCast podcast. 
I didn't know so many workshops and events existed in the belly dance world. I've since moved into the beginner two class and I've attended several workshops. Thanks, Anala, for the event updates. They are very helpful. Well, congratulations on moving into beginner two. And I'm so glad that the event updates are really helpful for you guys. Um, it's something I'm always like, should I or shouldn't I? Because I know there are a lot of great events out there. But all the stuff that I find for the event listings is on the Internet. And that's how I find out about it. But then I also think, you know, I'm not necessarily one who always has time to go scoping out the Internet. So I, I know... I appreciate it when somebody tells me about an event or a workshop that's going on. So that's one of the reasons I keep doing the event announcements. And if you guys are ever like, I'm so over the event announcements, just drop that from the show, do more of something else. Let me know, because I'm all about giving you guys what you want. Do you dance barefoot or in shoes? This has really become one of my favorite questions, I have to tell you guys. Okay, sorry. Um, Marrakesh posted, when I first started taking classes, and for my first few years of, of performing, I always danced barefoot. Not because of any particular philosophy, but simply that there was no reason to try to stuff my size 9 wide feet into a pair of dance shoes. Fortunately, I never suffered any mishaps while dancing barefoot, such as getting a bead embedded in my foot or anything like that. But there were a few restaurant floors that were less than clean, and I would wipe down my feet afterward with antibacterial wipes to try to avoid athlete's foot. It was times like these that shoes seemed like a good idea, but ballet shoes, Chinese slippers, etc. were too tight and caused foot cramps. And heels are extremely uncomfortable for me due to various foot and calf issues. A few years ago, our dance teacher arranged for our first outdoor performance at an athletic field where there would likely be sticks and stones and geese droppings afoot. So some kind of dance shoe was a must. None of my street sandals would do. They're all designed for comfort, not fashion. But I wanted a sturdy enough leather sole to protect my feet against whatever might be lurking in the grass. <laughs> so I tried the Hermes sandals. They seemed to fit the bill, and I always liked the way they looked. Problem is, I couldn't find any in wide sizes. I tried on a size 9, and my big toes and baby toes hung out over the sides. So I got a size 9.5, which covered all my toes, but left a big tongue of leather sticking out in the front. I was able to make do with them, but I found the laces annoying to keep tying and untying every time I had a costume change. Plus, I can never tie things neatly, so I thought the laces looked sloppy, though I'm sure no one noticed. A short while after that, I was at a dance workshop in New York City that was attended by a very well-known dancer. And she had on the cutest pair of dance shoes. We asked her about them, and she said they were known as a teacher's shoe, and that they were available locally. Later, I went to the block store in downtown Manhattan and bought two pair, one flesh-colored and one black. Block calls these Grecian sandals. They're made of a thin, flexible leather and have a small heel. Capizo also makes a version of these called Padini 
which I haven't tried yet. Again, no wide sizes, but I can go a half size larger with these and get a decent fit. I have used these for subsequent outdoor performances and find they give all the protection I need and they're easy to put on and take off. No laces! I have also worn the black pair for a recent indoor performance with a costume that wasn't particularly glitzy. These sandals probably wouldn't work as well with the gauzy sequined cabaret costumes, but I suppose the flesh-colored ones could be spray-painted gold or silver. While I wouldn't call these the perfect dance sandal, my feet tend to get hot and sweaty in them. I've found them to be the best choice for me when dancing barefoot is not an option. Well, thank you, Marrakesh, for giving us all your insight about shoes. Because I'm with you. It can be tough to find that pair of shoes that works with your costume, that feels comfortable, that you're able to dance in, that fits feet. I'm kind of like you. I'm, I have a wide foot, so I had a hard time finding shoes as well. So I appreciate those suggestions. How much background in dance do you have? Zephness says, none. Belly dance is my very first dance class. I wish I would have started dance much, much sooner. I must have at least some natural grace, though, because my teacher swears to me I've had ballet lessons before. Odd. Seems like I'd remember something like that. <laughs> Do you use a dance name and why? Nama from Springfield, Missouri posted, I had the hardest time trying to pick a name that fit me and that I liked the sound of. I know dancers changed their names after a few years, and I didn't want to decide later down the road that I didn't like my name. I've known some dancers to be, quote, named, where another person, usually someone like an elder, will bestow a name upon a dancer, kind of like a blessing. I've only known this to happen twice, and I'm not sure if it is the remnant of some cultural tradition. But it is interesting. Thanks for that, Nama. I'm with you, girl. I took about mm, several months, if not to a year, to pick out my name. Because I, once I picked it out, I wanted it to stick. And that's what I wanted. And I mean, the other thing, too, is if you change your name, then, you know, like with me being a teacher and a performer, I have business cards and flyers and you know, our troop website and everything. And it's like, if I changed my name, I'd have to get new stationery and everything every time I changed my name. So I wanted it, I wanted to pick something out of the gate and that be it and be done with it. And, um, you are right. The tradition of an elder bestowing a name on a person is, um, remnant of a lot of different cultural traditions. Um, just about every, culture has some kind of naming tradition in it and um i am still working on that article you guys about naming but there's a lot of things to cover especially if you try to look at like differences in cultures and how cultures pick out different names and things like that and so i and you know the anthropologist in me is all fascinated but i also don't want to overwhelm you guys or bore you guys so I'm I'm being 
very persnickety about this one and it's going to take me a while to write it, but I will get it done eventually. And our last question for this week, what do you do while listening to ShimmyCast? Kahara Mia in Pennsylvania said, I also listen on the way to work. It cheers me up in the morning. I always look forward to new episodes. Since it only takes me about five minutes to get to work, I listen to the rest of the show while I take my leisurely lunchtime walk. If I'm in the car with my boyfriend, I make him listen to the show too. He doesn't seem to mind at all. <laughs> well, I'm glad he's enjoying the show, the show too. And now your ShimmyCast news. June 29th through August 1st, the Belladance Superstars will be having various workshops and shows in the United Kingdom, Spain, Germany, Georgia, California, Oklahoma, Quebec, Mexico, Florida, Arizona, British Columbia, the Czech Republic, Oregon, Maryland, and Illinois. Those girls are getting around. <laughs> June 29th through July 1st, Princess Farhana and four workshops and gala show in Chetham, Ontario, Canada. June 30th, Caravan of Dreams, Shira Ashia and Jaya Kellery in Lincoln, Nebraska. June 30th through July 1st, Red Moon Shrive will be performing four shows a day at the second annual White Heart Renaissance Fair. July 1st, Urban Berbers will be performing at the World Beat Festival in Salem, Oregon. July 6th through 8th, Leela Giovanna and Roland in workshop and show in Rheingold, Georgia and Chattanooga, Tennessee. July 9th through the 23rd, Hadia's Ultimate Technique and Second Annual Professional Dance Training Program in Montreal, Canada. July 13th through 15th, Northern Migration Tribal Alternative Belly Dance Festival. And they've got a list of instructors almost as long as my arms. So you guys go check out the website. Um, and this event is in Buffalo, New York. July 13th through 15th, the 12th Annual Wiggles of the West Belly Dance Contest in Reno, Nevada. 13th through 15th, Princess Farhana in workshops and show at AABS Fest 2007, Asheville Americana Burlesque and Sideshow Festival, celebrating classic American dance, Cirque and Sideshow Arts in Asheville, North Carolina. July 14th, Flamenco Fusion Workshop with in Anna in Burlington, Iowa. July 20th through the 22nd, Belody of Huntsville presents Victoria in Huntsville, Alabama. July 21st, Samara Salim sponsors My Jet in a one-day intensive workshop and show, A Night at the Cash Bar in Jacksonville, Florida. July 21st, Jim Boaz in workshop hosted by Judy Cunningham in Sedalia, Missouri. July 21st through 22nd, 
Rishkala Rayad presents Mahmoud Rida in two-day workshop in Danbury, Connecticut. 21st through the 22nd, Emmy D.A. of Louisiana presents Emil Tafsut in workshops and show in Lake Charles, Louisiana. July 22nd, Urban Berbers will be performing at the Hiawatha Community Center in West Seattle, Washington. July 22nd through 27th, Yusari Sharif's 10th Annual Week-Long Intensive with Tito and Adi Noor in New York, New York. July 25th through the 29th, Oasis Dance Camp East with Cassandra, guest teacher Sahira Saeed, and percussion with Nicole Lecourgeon, Pittsfield, Massachusetts. July 27th, Gypsy Fire will be performing at the River's Edge Bistro and Cafe in Tulsa, Oklahoma. July 27th through 28th, Shimmy Fest featuring, featuring Dahlia Corelli in Fayetteville, Arkansas. July 27th through the 29th, Retreat at Lake Knock a Mixon with Grant Smith and Taya, Upper Bucks County, Pennsylvania. July 28th, Art Town 2007 Drum Dance and Didgeridoo Festival in Nevada, in Reno, Nevada. July 28th through 29th, Anmata's Amy Siegel teaches two days of workshops in Las Vegas, Nevada. July 28th through 29th, Morocco Workshop and Show in Tallahassee, Florida. July 30th through August 1st, the International Belly Dancing Convention with workshops, shows, vendors, and more in Las Vegas, Nevada. August 2nd, Bellahar will be playing at Casa de Luz in Austin, Texas for the Desert Passion Show. October 20th through 21st, Ariella and Ziva Sabrentina in workshop. Ariella will be teaching four hours of tribal fusion and yoga on Saturday and two hours of gothic belly dancing stylings on Sunday. Ziva will end the weekend with two hours of Indian fusion style belly dance. This has been the ShimmyCast News for this week. And as always, you can find more information about all of these events on our forum board. This week's first song is Indian Sci-Fi by Joshua Dranol.
emails and feedback. Nema in Springfield, Missouri said, ha 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 ha. Wait, that may have been too many. Let's see. Ha 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 ha. Okay, that was the correct amount. The new episode with bloopers was great. I had a good laugh. Meanwhile, I'm only caught up to episode 14. Ah, but I'm enjoying everyone. Well, I'm glad to hear you're finding them enjoyable. I hope they only get better for you. <laughs> um, Arabella in Vermont left a comment on the blog. The music in this episode is great, Anala. That is the previous week's episode. Not that that's unusual, but I really liked Road to Marrakesh and wanted to pass that along. And I'm glad you liked that one. Joseph Lindstedt is one of my favorite musicians. Um, oh, Zephness posted a follow-up to her restaurant recommendation in her uh, question of the week. And the Mirage restaurant is in Knoxville, Tennessee. And Zephness also wrote in a correction because I pronounced uh, one, of the, one of her favorite dancers' names wrong. And I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> the name should be Subi. And I can't even remember how I pronounced it now. So I hope Zephness and Subi will forgive me and I will try to remember that's the way it's pronounced from now on. I'm telling you, some of you guys' names can be big tongue twisters for little old girl from Arkansas. <laughs> um, I also wanted to let you guys know that there is a new link on the blog called B&W Flyer. The link goes to a PDF file of a black and white flyer advertising ShimmyCast. There are three flyers that all fit on an 8.5 by 11 page. and They're all the same flyer. It's just like printed on the page three times. At any rate, I thought this might be helpful to some of you if you are wanting to tell fellow classmates or instructors or whoever else about the show. So it's there. Feel free to download it and pass it out amongst your friends. So if anyone has any comments, suggestions, or feedback, you can send an email to shimmycast at gmail.com, post on our forum at shimmycast.blogspot.com, or send us an audio, and feel free to vote for us on Podcast LA or Podcast Pickle, and leave reviews on iTunes. Oh, and don't forget that proper map. So this week, instead of an article, um, I have a roundtable discussion that I recorded uh, with me and some of my troop members when we went up to Buffalo, Missouri for our first ever American Tribal Style Workshop. And um, I know Neymar had actually requested that we review workshops. <laughs> and this is, this is kind of a review of a workshop, but it's not going to help you because you were at that workshop and you already know the instructor and everything. <laughs> but maybe it'll be helpful to somebody else. <laughs> and, you know, if anybody else at any time would like to review a workshop or, you know, if you want to take a mic and a recorder to a workshop and, like, interview some other dancers or interview your fellow classmates or your instructor or, 
your fellow troop members at any time, feel free to do that. And email me and we'll, I'll, I'll talk to you about ways you can record and what you need to record and how you can get it to me and everything. And um, we, we'll get it on the show. I would love to have interviews and stuff submitted by the rest of you guys. Um, hear more more about what other dancers think through the show. Um, so anyway, this is the first part. And um, this was after the stage show at the workshop. And it's about midnight. So we're kind of giggly and everything. And I tried to be kind to you guys and edit out some of our uh, craziness and everything. <laughs> so it sounds a little more coherent to you. And I hope you enjoy. Okay, guys. So this is Anala Rabari, and we are here in Buffalo, Missouri. And I'm here with some of my troop members. And it is about midnight. <laughs> Believe it or not, we're crazy and we can't get to sleep. And I have pestered them into letting me talk to them. So we have with me... I am Alenia Malente. <laughs> And I have been dancing with Nina Wall for about four or five years now. I'm Leila, and I've been dancing about a year and a half. Hi, everybody. I'm Delilah, and I've been dancing um, three years. I'm Amelia, and I've been dancing a year and a half. And Lalila and Amelia are mother and daughter, so I just wanted to get that straightened out. Okay, so as you all know, Mayur and Wall is mostly a cabaret troupe, and we all have just attended our first American Tribal Style workout, yeah. workshop, and basically I want to get your guys' impressions, because a lot of people email into the show and everything, and they're like, I'm cabaret, but I'm really curious about American Tribal Style, and I'm thinking about checking it out. Do you think I should? Do you think I shouldn't? So what would what would your guys' answer be to that question? Should people, should cabaret dancers check out American Tribal Style? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that the more different styles that you're exposed to and you learn of, the better dancer you're going to be all around. I believe you probably should do it layer on and know exactly how to do cabaret before you just start doing something else because you have to be very disciplined one form of belly dancing before you can go on another form of belly dancing. Yeah, there was somebody had emailed in and asked if they thought they should be learning the two styles at the same time and having been introduced to that I think that would end up being too confusing because there's so much of the basics that we learned today that are so you know just basically different in the two styles and so I think that people might get confused. Yeah I was really yeah. surprised to find basic stance is somewhat different in American mm -hmm. tribal style compared to what we have been taught in you know, our troop, this is basic stance. I mean, it's just a little bit different, but it's enough to throw somebody really into confusion right. if they're not secure enough in what they're doing. Yeah, and it was such subtle nuances of mm -hmm. the differences I kind of felt. Would, did you all kind of feel that right. way too? Some of the moves yeah. were the same, but a lot of it was 
different, but it was fun. Yeah, yeah. hand posturing was a big one. Yeah, yeah, the whole the whole arm position of hug a tree, (laughs) (laughs) which is totally different from the cabaret that we are taught. (laughs) Not bad. No, it was actually a very beautiful form. It's very grounding. I, I yeah. it, it's wonderful. Yeah, I enjoy. I, I enjoyed it. it and learned a lot. Yeah, that's one thing I really appreciated was how much of the the traveling steps and the movements and the footwork were done flat footed, because you all, everybody knows, even my listeners know, I have arthritis mm-hmm. in my feet, and sometimes doing a lot of releve moves that can wear and tear on you. Mm-hmm. So I was really happy that we were doing so much flat footed stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was definitely, I thought, a plus. I really, yeah. I can't balance well. Yeah. Although I will say it was it's still very funny to me with the Mayas that um, they brought their heels up with the Mayas. Yes. And, of course, yes. we all, we, we, we've, taught us we've been do. ingrained <laughs> in us <laughs> flat-footed. <laughs> Mayas are flat-footed. Yeah. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen a true tribal piece done with a troop. Yeah, that was the... It just kind of piqued your interest in how this really all works Mm -hmm. with the cues and everything. Yeah, that was the one thing um, in the Hofla tonight. There there wasn't a troop tribal piece number. I I wanted to see it. Yeah. See if it worked. And if it did work, maybe it was something we could do, the group of us here, because I would love to have seen how it worked. Yeah, and I thought it was just very interesting, too, the the whole finally learning about how they do the cues yeah, for the improvisation. I yeah, that's I know they do cues. I know they do cues, but yeah. if you're watching it, you know, like on YouTube or, um, you know, something and you're watching Fat it. Fat Chance, like, Belly Dance, yes. DVDs. And you're like, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't see any cues. Yeah. They just are doing they, it. Just, yeah, and it's just the whole... Yeah, and and how the, well, then she said that the leaders sometimes switch off even during one song. But just the whole idea that a cue is just a little wrist flick. And it's like, how would you know that? (laughs) I mean, and that, and that's, that's the whole thing. I think that's very interesting about the dynamic of how attentive you have to be to the people you're dancing with. And then to make that group dance with one person and follow up. You know, um, we're taught in the cabaret, you know, is be more outward going. You know, you want to, you know, not necessarily stare at the audience, but you want to interact with the audience. And she was saying um, that with American Tribal, it's more internalized with the group that you're dancing with. You know, the dancers themselves and the audience just happen to be out there watching you for the most part, even though you are interacting with them. And I thought that was really kind of mm-hmm. different. That was yeah. interesting. Yeah. What move did you find the easiest to pick up? This is Zelenia. And I found that the Moroccan hip hop was the yeah, easiest. Because yeah. unbeknownst to us, this is something that we have actually done in one of our uh, routines that we have done. Yeah, we we know it by a different name. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was very easy for me because, hey, yeah. I know how to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked the um, the cross point step. I thought that was really easy to pick up, and and I 
I had a lot of fun with that because I could see a lot of like the um, Bollywood and Hindi influence in the in that particular movement. So that movement just captured mm-hmm. my heart. <laughs> yeah. I was just I've went to other workshops. Oh, I'm sorry. This is Leila. The other workshop I went to, I felt lost all the time. And I felt like when I walked out, I was just totally unsure that I got anything. And <clears throat> the way she taught, I think, I felt like I could do the first part of the piece, and I was okay. And I felt like I learned it, and it fit together. And when we at the end was practicing, I wasn't like totally out of it. I felt like I kind of remembered where I was, which to me was an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Aww. <laughs> what about you, Delilah? Love the skirt work, but I like the um, um, probably one that easier is a three-quarter turn because we've already learned that, and then also the four-point turn. They didn't call it a four-point turn, but when we were doing certain moves and it was you know in four corners, I'm like I can do this because we've done the four-point turn. Yeah. Um, my name is Amelia. I think the egg chest thing was the. Oh yeah, the way they did the the chest the circle, the chest circle, and the over. With the yeah. I kind of picked that up, and I don't know, like it might be different if I was smaller, bigger, chested person, but I'm medium, and I kind of just already picked that up from some of the movements we've been doing, and just add a little more over to it. It was probably more easier move for mm-hmm. my behalf. Yeah. What move did you find the most difficult? <laughs> And I know it might be hard to pick just one. (laughs) It was the walking shimmy thing where you walked into two bounces and walked again. (laughs) She's talking about a a walking forward three-quarter shimmy. (laughs) Yeah, that didn't happen today. Um, For me, I think it was... um, was it the Arabic, the Arabic, the Arabic. Oh, with the, the with Arabic. the pivots that we were doing that came right that at the end yes. of the routine, and it it got to the point. Um, she was teaching us a skirt a skirt work <laughs> routine, and it, the, it was this Arabic step with skirt work with a pivoting turn where you'd go to the left and then you'd pivot to the right and then you'd go pivot back to the left and pivot back to the right and then pivot forward. And um, I just, man, I got, I finally got the footwork down, but then trying to do the footwork and incorporate the skirt work, I was just like, I can't get my skirt working with my feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just wouldn't go. Did that in the body wave with the three-quarter uh, shimmy yeah. on top of it. Just, yeah, yeah. 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 So, but it, it's one of those things that um, I I do feel the way Zva taught it. I can take it home and practice it. And I have the footwork down, and I really feel like, I just have to practice it some more, and I, I feel like I will eventually get the skirt work mm-hmm. and the body waves and the footwork all layered in together and be able to do it. All the parts that you guys mentioned were really hard, but my I think it's more disciplining yourself that your hands have to be this way. You can't frame your hips at certain parts because they're supposed to be hugging a tree. You know, certain things you need to be a little bit off of your on your heels when you're doing a Maya, when you're taught to put your feet on the ground, fairly planted. So I think it's 
the little details that were kind of throwing me off. I mean, all the big ones, like you guys mentioned, but also those little ones that were making me frustrated. Why can I not do this? Yeah, so I, for you, yeah, it was just yeah. like the little differences of forgetting your cabaret technique and yeah, switching into the ATS. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I loved the you know, tribal belly dancing thing. I, I really did like it and everything, and I'm glad we did this, but it was just, I need to practice if I'm doing this, how to untrain myself from doing this. Yeah, yeah. And that, I think that's something that comes with a little more experience, because, like, you've been dancing a year and a half, and I've been dancing over six years, and I, I've learned other dance styles before this. So for me, it was very easy to just disconnect and remind myself, okay, this is a different style, forget you know anything, and and do what they're telling you, know, do what you see, do what they're telling you, and just let your body go with it. And I, I really think that that's probably after you get some more experience under your belt, you'll be able to do that and be like, okay, I can remember my foundations, but I can turn them off too and adapt them when I need to. I think that I agree with her, especially when it comes to um, tweaking the way that we know things and changing it into a completely different, you know, um, style. Uh, but I think for my own personal problem, um, one, I have always had problems with the three-quarter shimmy. Always have. And the way that it was explained, it was really easy for me to do what she had us to do. So I didn't have a problem with that, and I anticipated that being my hardest. Mm -hmm. But the arabesque with the uh, flat, ball, ball, Flat, flat, ball, 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 flat. Ball. It just blew me away. Yeah, and then getting the two and body waves. <laughs> and then shimmy while you're body waving, yeah, and it's like, oh my, I can't even walk, let alone <laughs> and, and And it put into perspective that, you know, wow, this three-quarter shimmy thing is like child's play now. <laughs> now that doesn't mean that I don't have to practice. I, I would have appreciated today if maybe they had talked a little bit about the costuming difference <clears throat> because they definitely, when they perform, dress different, the it two looks, groups. It looks different. And it would have been nice to, you know, about 10, 15 minutes samples and kind of showed both of those to mm -hmm. us. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I'm, um, I'm a little disappointed that I didn't see any uh, performers in turbans. Because, you know, that's, to me, that's just the, the classic, you know, stereotype of an ATS dancer is, you know, a woman in a beautiful chili top and, you know, a 25-yard skirt and tassel belts and all that kind of stuff. And then a turban with a bunch of jewelry and stuff mm -hmm. hanging off of it and flowers and everything. Nice, too. Has that explained a little bit, especially for people that only cover right? Yeah. Although, I, even... All that said, I love Zavoth's costume. Oh, yeah. she oh, oh she's awesome. just amazing. She and and the head, the headband was gorgeous. Yeah, and the headdress that she did have, it wasn't like a, it wasn't a, like a classic turban, but it was still. Uh, I thought it was breathtaking. It was like a wide headband that had the. 
beautiful jewelry attached and, and yeah but it, but then like the back of it kind of looked like a bandana like a, a triangle okay. bandana too yeah and i i thought the organizers did a beautiful oh, job i mean everybody here was so warm and inviting and of course we're in the south so it was just like good southern hospitality as far as y'all come in i mean they we walked in and they greeted us with hugs and you know they were so nice lunch they They gave us the whole tour yeah yeah and showed us the facility lunch was awesome too it was really amazing and what i was really impressed with is i know that you had mentioned that the possibility that one of our uh, troop members that may be coming um, is a vegetarian and you were wanting to know if vegetarian meals were going to also, you know or at least something so that she could eat too and they remembered that yeah and, and it was, and it really was like thoughtful. it was very they, yes. they, they it was. yeah and, and it ended up that our troop member who's a vegetarian ended up not coming but the fact that she did come over to us at it um before lunch and said, now y'all have a member that's vegetarian, right? And I was like, oh, we do, but she wasn't able to come. And just the thoughtfulness. And, that and they yeah, wanted to make yeah, sure no, that her was okay meal was for her wonderful, too. Oh. Right, right. <laughs> So I hope you enjoyed that roundtable discussion. And like I said, you'll be getting a little bit more of that uh, in the next couple of weeks. And um, I hope you enjoy hearing the other ladies' southern accents. <laughs> and um, But for now, it's time for the question of the week. And I thought this was a particularly interesting question, and it's actually a question that one of my troop members asked me. And this is the question. What prop do you think you won't ever try? So to answer, you can send an email to shimmycast at gmail.com or go to the forum board at shimmycast.blogspot.com and you can post your answers on the forum board until July 13th and they will be entered into the contest still for the prize drawings. But for now, it's time for the second music pick of the week. This song is Saidi from Rhythm of the Dance by Solace. I hope you all enjoy. And until next time, this is Anala Rabari saying shimmy on.
again for listening to ShimmyCast. You can leave us feedback at shimmycast@gmail.com, and be sure to visit our website and forum at www.shimmycast.blogspot.com. Remember, the opinions expressed are those of the host and the podcast crew. Thanks again.